Welcome to the Open Doors Initiative podcast. My name is Jan McDonough. We work with companies, NGOs and government to create employability for marginalised groups. These include people with disabilities, migrants and disadvantaged youth. And you can visit us on opendoorsinitiative.ie. One area where we can support is with advice on change, loss and managing adversity. This episode looks at the need to embed inclusion and diversity in all organisations' practices, especially now. My guest today is Tiernan Brady, Head of Marriage Equality in Australia, Political Director of Yes Equality in Ireland and Global Director of Inclusion in Clifford Chance. Tiernan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Jan. How are you? Very good. I've asked you to talk to me from your role as Global Director of Inclusion as to why it's so important at this particular point in time, in the middle of a crisis, that companies look at their diversity and inclusion strategy and and embed it even more? Well, I I suppose there's two things come to mind straight away. I mean, uh, the first one is just a very practical point. You know, inclusion is about the absence of exclusion. And that doesn't happen by itself. You have to actively get rid of exclusion. And, and at a time when people are feeling a bit disconnected, at a time when people are you know, perhaps working from home, working remotely, are not in the same community space at work, the chances of that exclusion being amplified are very real. And of course, when it comes to exclusion, People who are from marginalized backgrounds and minority experiences are the group of people who are most likely to be excluded in the first place. But now at a moment like this, they are significantly at risk of being further excluded. So, you know, I think it's really important for our firms and companies everywhere to understand that this won't change itself by itself. This requires really active leadership to remove exclusion. I mean, if we look at the normal working place, even when people are in teams uh, at the time when we're all in the offices together, if you're the only person on your team who looks like you, if you're the only person from an ethnic minority, if you're the only LGBT person, if you're the only person who is uh, an asylum seeker, then you're already the person who's more likely to be quieter in the group, the person who's more likely not to be asked the same amount of questions. And, and a lot of that's not deliberate. A lot of that's just the way we're hardwired. We, we talk to the people who look like us, who sound like us. Firms are brilliant at creating a whole range of mini-me's um, as we promote our mini-me's everywhere. And, and it's not deliberate discrimination. It's unconscious. But simply admiring the fact that we have unconscious discrimination doesn't fix anything. You have to actively work to make sure that that exclusion doesn't happen. So if you're the person who doesn't get asked questions, you know, we could be working with people who may have gone through an entire week where no one from the workplace has spoken to them. And that exclusion is bad for the firm. It's bad for productivity. It's bad for profitability. But let's be clear, it's also very bad for the individuals and, you know, we have all the evidence in the world to show that that will impact on their tenure. Uh, how long they'll stay with the firm, whether they can thrive in the firm. So I think the first thing is to understand at this moment, if you believe in inclusion, then that means removing exclusion. And because of the unique circumstances we find ourselves in, more people are being exposed to that risk. So make sure it's got a real focus in the work that you're doing at the minute. 
I think the second thing, which I try to talk about a lot wherever we go, when we're talking to clients or in the world or even internally within the firm is, you know, values are lovely, but they're only real when they're tested. Firms talk about inclusion and we talk about purpose and we talk about values and we have a whole range of wonderful buzzwords around this at the moment. But if we only practice them when it's easy, then they're not values. They're just a nice t-shirt. And what firms need to understand is people know when something's not real. You know, we invest a lot of money in firms and trying to recruit the brightest and the best. And it turns out the day after they start working for us, they don't stop being the brightest and the best. They don't suddenly become stupid people. So when something is expressed as I believe in this and this firm believes in this, and then at a challenging time, people see that that's not the reality, then you'll be working very hard to try and do the damage. And it's a real risk always with firms, you know, that we look at some of these issues like inclusion and we kind of think of them as a My Little Pony, you know, something we buy and we put on the shelf in the bedroom and we point to every so often at certain times of year, International Women's Day, International Refugee Day, Pride and go, look, I've got a My Little Pony. Um, And then we get back to work. Moments like this will show whether what you believe on inclusion is just a My Little Pony for your firm or whether it's something that is intrinsically hardwired into your understanding of what your firm is supposed to be and what it requires for your firm to be successful. And if the inclusion element and the values and purpose elements of your firm suddenly are the first pieces to get cut, the first pieces to be put on hold and put on ice and put back in the cupboard, A, you, you won't be delivering on the diversity you need for you know, what you want for your firm's success and be all of your staff will see it because they're smart people. Uh, all of your customers will see it because they're smart people and all of your clients will as well. If you mean this, then you have to stand up for it when it's tough. You have to stand up exactly when it's tested. That's the only time your values are proven. Um, and this is a wonderful opportunity to show that. There's been a very large drop in the employment rate. And one of the things we tried to do at Open Doors is to help marginalise groups, marginalise people into the workplace. And what would you say to companies about that? Why hire them? Ultimately, diverse workplaces are more successful. So you can do this for two reasons, I think. You can do it because you have a core belief and a core bad set of values that believe inclusion is a great thing. And that's brilliant. I have that, and I hope lots of firms have that, and and good for them if they do. But there's also the hard-nosed part of this. Diverse firms are more successful. You know, the people who come to the table with different points of view, in the end, what most of the most successful firms in the world are, are problem solvers and innovators. And those are the two ingredients that decide whether you thrive and whether you, you know, really succeed. And diversity is undoubtedly one of, if not the core ingredient in being problem solvers and innovators. Um, And, you know, we could talk for 10 minutes about, you know, research, but that would be a really boring podcast. And I don't want to do that. We already know it. So you can do this for two reasons. You can do it for your values. You can do it because you want to be a successful business. Both of them are good ideas and ignoring both of them are really bad ideas. So for recruitment, that's really important. For retention as well, if you're in a position where you are, currently have people from marginalized backgrounds, you know, there's an opportunity here, actually. Uh, There's an opportunity to take a look at what our work practices are like. We know across most, you know, major firms right across the world and right across Ireland. 
if you are from a marginalized community, your tenure is probably going to be shorter than anyone else's in the firm. If you're the only person who looks like you on your team, your tenure is probably going to be shorter in the firm. So we're not retaining people. Part of that is the, the way we carry out meetings, the way we engage with each other, who puts up their hand the most, do, do meetings get dominated by people? And these are, all, these are all normal things and we're all very aware of them. The interesting opportunity, I think, at the minute is we have had to reimagine how we engage with each other internally as firms and how we engage with our customers and our clients. And that's a massive opportunity to try and make sure you get the best out of all your people. And that includes especially those diverse voices that you employ who may not be the most willing to put their hand up or to try and dominate meetings. And there's, again, tons of research that shows that. But for example, more and more if we're doing video conferencing and for doing more work by call conferences, the queuing system for asking questions, you know, that can change the atmosphere. That can change an environment. It can make it easier for someone who may not have been willing to put their hand up physically in a room or who may have been in a room when you know meetings are dominated by sometimes the mini-me's, the world, who are good people too, but can make it very hard for people to raise their hands. So there's opportunities to build an infrastructure for your firm that allows people to go about their work in a way that means you're getting the most out of them and that they're feeling more involved. So I, you know, I'd recommend to firms to think really creatively about this now. This is, this is going to be tough, but diversity is a key to economic success. And you have an opportunity as work practices radically change for a short period of time. And some of those changes, the better ones, will stay. So again, putting that lens of the value of diversity into how we change those work practices is going to matter. And, and those that do will benefit. What do you think the role is of leaders in all of this? Is it key? Is it impactful? What, what should they be doing? Oh, well, look, you mean leaders have to take the stand. This has to be obvious. I mean, changing culture requires campaigning. And at a leadership level, that's about you, you know, standing up for your values, championing those values, recognizing those within your firm who champion those values. You know, inclusion isn't a HR metric. People can't join a guideline. They can join your firm. They can join your culture, but they can't join a guideline. And so, so own the, the role that leadership has and the potential that leadership has, you know, with the voice, with the soapbox that they have to show that this is real and to be talking about this at this moment in time, you know, is really powerful for people uh, because People then know that even at a time of economic challenge, social progress and core values don't get thrown out the window. Uh, in fact, they become more important. So if you are a leader, you know, use your microphone. Use the wonderful space that you have to frame culture um, at this moment when culture has never been more important to how your firm works. You know, because people have to see that this isn't a My Little Pony. It's not something we pull out every so often. This is something that, you know, we stand up for, especially when times are challenging. And finally, Tiernan, have you had a chance or a notion or any sort of thinking around what's the future, what's the next big idea, what's going to happen in inclusion and diversity in the next while? 
Um, the biggest thing that's going to happen in inclusion diversity in the next while is people are going to notice if you mean it or not. And they're going to notice if it's just something you have on the shelf that you pull out for special days. And the most important people in that regard are going to be your, your staff, your customers, and the media. I mean, and we live in a world now where we're being, you're getting, going to get pulled into issues more and more, whether you like it or not and your position as a company on issues. And I'm not saying the companies are about to all become political parties or NGOs. That's not what's going to happen. But we can't escape the world we live in. And globalization means that there's also a globalization of values and that what you do in one part of the world, you know, you will be held to account for in another part of the world. So I think the biggest thing is going to be how much our staff, our clients, and our customers drive us towards taking positions on values. You know, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, somewhere around 20, 30 years ago, the job for life disappeared. And everybody thought, oh, wow, that means, you know, employees are going to have no power. I think the opposite happened. I think employees suddenly realized, and you've seen this now, well, I'm not going to work for you for 40 years and get a nice carriage clock and someone sing me a song on my way out the door. That's no longer what people expect at all from their careers. They expect to have a couple of careers. Maybe those careers will be in one firm. Maybe they'll be in multiple firms. But that means people also have become more discerning about where they work. Because once you know you can move around and you can have multiple careers, people prefer to go somewhere that's going to match their values. You know, so you have a discern, discerning workforce. Um, and I think that's going to be the next big thing. You know, we have moved past the idea that the enunciation in itself, that we believe in inclusion and that we have values, you know, was a good enough moment. Now we're on to the next part of that moment, which is, well, prove it. You know, what does that mean when you're standing in the world? What does that mean, uh, you know, for the daily experience of, your people, your clients, and the society you live in. The more firms are driven by values, the better that is for the economy, the better it is for society. But I think the next big thing is we're going to get pulled into those values every more and more and more, and we're going to get tested on them, and we're going to have to prove that we mean them. And I think that's fabulous. We are supporting this with other podcasts and a toolkit of practical information and links to help with new working patterns and other change. These will be available on our website, opendoorsinitiative.ie. If you wish to submit a comment or question, please send it to info at opendoorsinitiative.ie. Thank you.